Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, my friends. Wow, that felt really, really influencer, very content creator. Hello, it's Derek G here. Welcome back to volume two of Derek Speaks Volumes, a podcast which is, if you follow me on TikTok and you know my short-form content, this is the elongated, luxuriated version of that. And hopefully, you can enjoy more stories, more context, more information on things, entertainment, perhaps, on things that I am interested about regarding music culture. Who knows what else, but... This is episode two, and if you've seen from the title, we are exploring Ryuichi Sakamoto, a starter pack, a beginner's guide. If you will, keep in mind one thing, and that one thing is perhaps one day this podcast video series will include a whole bunch of music in as well, maybe almost like a live radio show where I play music as well, but allow me some time to figure out some licensing restrictions perhaps and and all that but so why do i want to talk about Ryuichi sakamoto i want to okay so you either don't know anything about him and i would like to introduce him to you in a way that is perhaps compelling or interesting if you know about him i'd love to paint more of a picture of my experience with him and why i admire him so much and I've been thinking about doing some Ryuchi content on my TikTok for a while, but I haven't been able to figure out a way to do it in short form because I think that he's such a incredible artist and he's one of those people that I feel a little bit untouchable. I can't just like, hey, have you heard about this artist? I'm going to do a little breakdown. Like, I don't want to do that sort of thing. And, you know, I wish him the, the best, the most, whatever, because he is ill, quite ill, um, which I'm sad to say, um, stage four cancer. So that's, you know, he's been putting out a lot of music. I think he's putting out a record really soon. And clearly he is, you know, kind of doing his, you know, farewell tour. That's dark, if you will. So I guess I wanted to talk about my experience with it in a, in a not soundbitey setting. So let's start at the top shall we? Backstory of Ruchi Sakamoto and why he's important to me. And I think that Ruchi Sakamoto is one of the greatest artists of all time, period. I think if you think about people in his era, which I'll get to, he should be counted in the same light, but perhaps because he's Japanese, he's definitely more underground. He's definitely not talked about in the same vein as some of his contemporaries. Uh, but I think that is going to change over time. And my podcast is, you know, is part of the cause, I want to say. So he's 70 years old now. Ryuchi Sakamoto is his name. He started 
his career in the mid to late 70s. And this is not a Wikipedia article. You can look this up as well. But he studied uh, music composition and uh, ethnic music as his speciality. And this was at the dawn of electronic music. And so he, as a piano player, keyboardist, hit up some other artists, the two other artists that became Yellow Magic Orchestra, which is one of the most important electronic acts of all time. Uh, contemporaries, a likeness to craft work and put out some iconic electronic music records. And that was the start of his career. He's also, you know, at that age, you know, mid-twenties or something like that, very handsome young man, and clearly was interested because of his pianist background and classical music background and interest, combining that with electronic music. He clearly was not just a guy that was making electronic music. He had a deeper relationship with music. And so, and I'm going to speed through his backstory. From there, he became a solo artist and worked, did some really incredible records that um, featured a lot of like, with, the, with their ethnic music studies, a lot of sounds from all, all around the world. And, you know, whether he's exploring tabla or he's exploring uh, African rhythms and things like that, very David Byrne-esque. And collaborated with everyone from Iggy Pop to Bootsy Collins. And that had definitely had an 80s pop era. And I definitely think that he would have been seen in Japan as more of an 80s pop star at that point. And his art direction is crazy, by the way. You've got to check out some of the art direction. And so he did that. And then he went into a new phase in the 90s and 2000s where he became a composer, a soundtrack composer for films, whether it be Babel or The Revenant, which is much later, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, which is the most famous song of his, the most famous soundtrack, a, a classic Christmas song now, to be honest. Uh, he was in the film with David Bowie. Uh, he became this person that was behind the scenes and was interested in creating art in many forms. At the same time, he also transitioned to be an ambient artist. He transitioned to being a solo piano pianist as well. And perhaps this is a great place to, you know, chapter it, right? So... Let's talk about, so he went on to, he's still creating music now. And his latest releases, he has collaborated with, he's had people re remix his tracks like Thundercat and um, David Sylvian and things like that. He did a album recently, Async, and he had Async Remodels, which had Ease Tumor on it and uh, 106.never, I want to say, as well. So let's talk about comparisons. Why do I think he's important? I think he's one of those few people that have grown and always been interested in music and has always tried to find the hunger or has the hunger to continue to find new sounds. So he wasn't just an 80s pop star. He wasn't just an electronic artist. He's not just an ambient artist. He's all those things and more, right? And so I made a list some, as I look off screen because you can see this on YouTube as well as listen to this as a podcast. His ultimate contemporaries, stir this all up. And this is a short list because I should 
put more time to think about more. But here's a short list of people that you could compare them to. Bjork, Tom York, Flying Lotus, Brian Eno, David Byrne, Hans Zimmer, Johan Johansson, Philip Glass, Steve Reich, John Cale, Kraftwerk, Laurie Anderson. Right? I think that's a pretty good list. So let's just like rifle through a few of them. Bjork. How old is she now? I'm going to say 50. Always pushing the boundaries of what popular music is, what experimental music is. Always changing faces. Always hungry to find more. Tom York, similar. Excellent curator and, uh, and creative. Uh, soloist, amazing. Radiohead as a group. Incredible work there as well. And any time that you find any, hear any selections or any collaborations Tom York does, and he composes as well, is spectacular and, and unique and interested. Flying Lotus, contemporary, Flying Lotus would see Ryuichi as a god, I guarantee you. You know, someone that's really pushing the boundaries of the electronic music space. Brian Eno, music for airports and all those sort of records. I would say Brian Eno is a narrower version of Ryuichi. And I think that in the West, people would say, well, Brian Eno is like, you know, one of the goats. But I would say, like, I'm not much of a person to compare, but I think Ryuichi's done and achieved and influenced. Ooh, controversial. A lot more. David Byrne, you know, that kind of ethno music studies and, and, you know, pop star as well, but he hasn't been as prolific. I'm not, I'm not trying to compare here. Hans Zimmer. You know, obviously Hans Zimmer is a f storied film composer, but, you know, he's Ricci's done a lot of incredible film soundtracks as well. There you go. List goes on. Philip Glass, solo piano, looping minimalist piano and all that sort of stuff. So contemporaries. And I think that is so important because not every artist, you could just compare them to, you know, people from so many different places. John Cale, the pioneer of ambient music, to Hans Zimmer, to Flying Lewis, to, to Tom York. You know, so I think that that is a really important thing to know about him. So why is he impressive? I think Ryuchi is impressive because he's able to create something for every single audience that has a different palette. So if you want really wild, crazy, experimental electronic pop from the 70s you've got you know firecracker and and you know all those sort of more more crazy tracks from yellow magic orchestra i remember when i found yellow magic orchestra i it blew my mind i'm like who are these people i only heard about craft work and things and then you go into that i think when i first experienced ryuchi was via last fm which is a generational thing it's quite funny so you know, you put on, it was almost like Pandora Radio. You choose an artist and then it, maybe it shows Daft Punk, who knows? And then it plays you other artists in that same vein. And this gentleman came up and it was Ryuchi. And I'm like, who is this guy? I think it was one of his 90s records that it was put on. And you quickly find your way to Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. And you're like, this is beautiful. And then you go into to other works. And so if he's got something for every, every, person and genre i'm pulling out my phone right now because i want to pull up some of his discography so you have if you want 
And I'm just going to go in any random order, right? So if you want some more evocative cinematic work, you could listen to his soundtrack for The Staggering Girl, an Italian film. You can listen to The Revenant, of course, and Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. You can listen to more classical stylings, right, of his sound. Or we've talked about Yellow Magic Orchestra. Or when I started to go down the rabbit hole, I discovered his ambient works. So Insen, excellent album. Virun, Virun, if what if what you call it, this is early two thousands, and it's all uh, Ryuji Ikeda, glitchy, bleep bloopy, so slow, quiet, and ambient type stuff. Or if that's not your bag, then you can go. BTTB, which is solo piano. And he's done a, a raft of different piano pieces, uh, albums over time. And you can just listen to some really like stunning piano pieces. 1996 is another one from him where he's really good at these harmonies or, or you know, ten, building tension through the chords he plays that are just a, beautiful but a little bit off and there's a little bit of dissonance there that I watched a live stream of his recently and it's just so special what how he's able to combine these sounds to make it a bit a bit kind of makes your spine tingle but it's also tremendously beautiful you know or or if you want to go somewhere else you can go with more of his kind of solo work there's Smoochie, which is a great what record. Biba no Azora, which is a track that he transposed as a, a as a more cinematic work for um, Babel, the film. And this is more of the the pop star type vibe. Um, I wonder if you can see that. Uh, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's, anyway, not helpful for an audio podcast to show things on screen. Or you can go Sweet Revenge, which is a beautiful cover for one. Um, also a lot more poppy. Or you could go something like Beauty, which is a beautiful, um, evocative, darker, electronic pop record. Or if you want to just go with music that's a bit more collaborative and a bit more um, uh, open to interpretation then you can go with the albums that he did where he got people to remix his records, whether it's the latest one or Async Remodels where he's got Andy Stott, Cornelius, Incredible, Johan Johansson, Finesse, Arca, Alvanoto. Alvanoto did worked with him on and um, Finesse on a lot of these um, ambient albums as well. There's also an album called... Sandra, which is phenomenal as well. So much, right? So you can go fully electronic. You can go um, anywhere in between. And there's something for everybody. So that's those are starting places for you, right? And I think it's also worth talking about his... 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bravery in performance as well. So I've got a little story for you. So I've seen Ryuichi Sakamoto once in 2018. He performed in a warehouse with NTS Radio in Canning Town in London. And who was his opening act? Eve's Tumor. Incredible. I dragged friends along to that show because they're like, I'm like, you should check out this artist. He's like, uh, experimental they are experimental r&b really cool <laughs> and his tumor ended up playing noise and feedback into a speaker covered in blood and bandages for about an hour and everyone was like what because most people hadn't heard of easy at this point and then there was a piano there he was richie was playing with uh, another experimental artist called david troop and i was looking forward to him playing some piano pieces no one told me what the set was going to be. Ended up being a prepared piano, John Cale style prepared piano for those interested. Is basically you're using the piano and all of its parts as an instrument, not just the keys. You're like plucking the strings, you're putting foil on things, you're dropping marbles on it. And it was just sounds. I'll be honest, at the time I was really disappointed because I wanted to hear some beautiful piano pieces. But in retrospect i'm like this guy 65 years old in a warehouse in <laughs> in canning town booking ease tumor and 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 dropping marbles onto a, a piano it was it was something to behold because it's like you know the 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 live stream i watched recently was basically a solo piano recital after the after collaborating with Thundercat and people like that for an album, and then he's dropping another album next next month or whatever. So, I I actually really respect what he did, and why I think the other thing about why I find him prolific, not only prolific but impressive, is not because he has a broad ranging appeal, because he has incredible taste. Now I sound like I'm kissing ass, but I think if you look at all the collaborators he's worked with, this person, this man knows what's up. He knows what's good and knows what's good before anyone else. And if you've listened to any of his radio shows that he's done, whether it's for NTS or others, the stuff on there for a 70-year-old man is like the most exciting electronic music, the most intriguing new shit that you haven't heard before and it's like dude how did he hear about this stuff he's an old man but that's how hungry he is and so the curatorial element to him is important taste is important so and this is my final story about him i've told this on tiktok before but so there's this restaurant japanese restaurant in new york called kajitsu and he was a frequent diner of this restaurant, high end, one day said to the owner, hey, your music sucks. I'm going to program the music for your restaurant. <laughs> this story broke in, in a certain world. And 
people were going crazy over the story, loved it so much. And I think the playlist went online. This is probably about 2016 or something like that, that people were really loving this story. Anyway, so when I lived in New York, I went to this burger joint someone took me to called Hall, which is, which is in Midtown. And it's a burger joint and cocktail bar and cafe at the front. And at the back, it's a, a Japanese restaurant called Odo. I went there all the time because the burgers were amazing. Japanese-inspired burgers. The burgers were cheap. It was all covered in copper. So it was like, and wood. So it was all like reflecting gold. And just, it was dark and... And I love taking people there. Whenever people came to visit, I'm like, let's go here. And you know, another reason why I loved it so much is because the music was really good. It was so interesting and not something that people would play in a burger joint, which is to say like you would hear Sev Deliza, Debussy, and some some sort of like droney ambient and I was like this is so interesting and one day I plucked up the courage because I'm quite shy I said excuse me who programs the music here you know where this is going because it's so cool so great I wanted to program music there to be honest and they said Sakamoto-san and I was like what what so yeah Kijitsu owns Hall Odo and as part of his remit, or perhaps part of his passion, he was also submitting music to be played in this restaurant. Wild. But I think as someone that's been a fan of Reach Sakamoto for the last 15 years, to go to a restaurant and be like, oh, this, this music is so good, not have any relationship, no knowledge of Ryuichi being a part of this world, and then finding out that Ryuichi is part of that world, just says to me how much uh, his, he has his ear to the ground and is... Uh, his taste and influence and interest permeates more than just music. So obviously this this excited me even <laughs> more than I think I uh, already had had affection for him at that point. So why am I talking about curation? I think that ultimately he is, you know, there's words like curator, tastemaker, he is that, but he's an artist. There's a documentary you should watch on him also. A very curious individual. So I think to his benefit, being in Japan, being Japanese, being a stylish man that has horn-rimmed glasses and, and like a silver bowl cut is so cool. And it helps the mystique. But also beyond that, as a global music star, that has been mostly confined to Japan because I, if you mention stars from the 70s, whether it's Maroda or Bruce Springsteen or Brian Eno or Paul McCartney, no one, no one would mention Ryuchi. And that's not cool to me because he has contributed as much as those artists in terms of influence and inspiration and, and quality music. So... It's funny when you go 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 more deep deeper into the music world, he is an idol inspiration to DJs, electronic artists uh, all around the world. And if you are a fan of someone that really wants to express their music as much um, as possible in all different forms, 
there are huge fans of him out there. And best believe there's going to be more and more and more and more coverage of him over the next 20 years. And I think that very quickly he will ascend to where he deserves, which is amongst names, those names that I mentioned as not only an artist that has contributed to great discography, but someone that has influenced a lot of people that I wouldn't feel like it's saying it's controversial to say that he has as much influence, if not more than Brian Eno, because that's like, oh, shocking how. But when you think about his legacy and all he's achieved, he's there, my friends, he's there. So that is my personal story. That is my beginner guide. That is my starter pack. That is my way for you to hopefully delve deep into his catalog Enjoy it. Take your time. Take 15 years to enjoy it. And uh, hopefully, you know, you might see him live one day, but I think that you have a bit of my personal take and context as to why I think in this volume of Derek Speaks Volumes, Ruichi Sakamoto is one of the greatest artists of our time. Thank you for listening. Wherever you are, whatever app, do stuff. Write a comment, tell me stuff, hit a heart, press the buttons, show me that you're listening. And until next time, I've got lots of things to share, lots of things to talk about. And it's only the beginning of this meandering conversational, is it conversational if it's one way, podcast called Derek Speaks Volumes. Until next time, beautiful people. See you.